Well, it wasn't pretty, Dub Nation. In fact, if you just watched the first half of this game, you probably would have guessed that the Warriors lost this game in a not-so-pretty fashion, but they did. And a man named Jonathan Kaminga came into this game in the third quarter and turned the Warriors' fortunes around. Maybe this will be the game where it finally registers to the Warriors' leadership that Jonathan Kaminga, that Moses Moody, that the Warriors' youngsters deserve to play consistent minutes. We'll break down the Warriors beating the Portland Trailblazers next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. My apologies for everyone expecting Kylan Mills. She had to bounce last minute. I won't go into the details. Life happens. Uh, so Kylan will not join me. I sincerely apologize for that. The good news is because she hasn't come on the show at all this week, uh, she's going to join me three days next week and three days the week after. So you won't just be looking at my ugly mug uh, for the entirety of the show. Um, but nonetheless, look, the Warriors won this game and Warriors wins. Warriors win. Got to be happy about that. I mean, look, it's not like the Warriors are out of contention this year. It is December 6th, very early in the season, but the first half of this game was not encouraging. The Warriors, at the end of the first half, were trailing 55-48, and it was just the same old, same old. Andrew Andrew Wiggins struggled. He had five points in the first half from two of eight shooting. Klay Thompson struggled mightily in the first half. Two points on 0 of 5 shooting, 0 of 4 from beyond the arc. Stephen Curry was struggling in the first half. He had nine points on one of eight shooting. He was one of six from beyond the arc. A huge reason for Steph's struggles was because he was getting no damn help. He was double teamed nearly every possession. They were defending him right up to his face. The, the focus of the Trailblazers tonight was very clear and simple. Defend Stephen Curry like your life depends on it and just hack the crap out of everyone else. The, the Warriors went to the line tonight uh, in terms of free throw attempts. 33, 33 free throw attempts. I don't know if that's how many trips to the line, but they had 33 free throw attempts. They thankfully made 28 of them. Uh, we saw a lot of Trailblazers players getting either fouled out or routinely in foul trouble. But the Warriors struggled in the first half, and it continued into the third quarter. I believe the score was 77-66, and at that point in the game, we had yet to see Jonathan Kaminga play a minute for reasons that will make no damn sense to me, or at least anyone I've, I've spoken to. And from my, from my glance at the chat, makes no damn sense there as well. He just didn't play at all, at all. And it, it was absolutely mind-boggling. And, and, and this, this piggybacked off a Clippers game where he only played 15 minutes. That was unexplainable, considering the game before that, where they also played the Clippers, where they beat the Clippers. Steve Kerr was saying that was Jonathan Kaminga's best game of the year. Very next game, 
just 15 minutes. Deep in the third quarter tonight, no Jonathan Kaminga. So finally, Steve Kerr, I, I, again, I have no idea why he waited so long. Hopefully, uh, if some sound comes in, if Kerr will play that, maybe someone asked them. But Kaminga finally comes in and reminds the Warriors coaching staff, reminds the world, the dude can play basketball. Okay, He was the number seven pick in one of the deepest drafts in NBA history. And he just still is being herky-jerked when it comes to his minutes. But he stood out tonight, and he shined. In just shy of 17 minutes, he played a total of 16 minutes, 44 seconds, more specifically, all continuous, starting late in the third quarter all the way to the very end of the game, Kaminga played. So you'd have to give Kerr credit. Okay, He, he, he clearly realized that he needed help, that the players he was playing, it, it wasn't working. And he brings Kaminga in. Kaminga goes a perfect six for six from the field. He had one trip to the free throw line, but he also had, again, the stats won't really reveal anything outstanding except for this. He had only one rebound tonight. It was a tough rebound. Uh, Had one assist, had two steals, but he was a plus 13 in the plus minus. By far, number one on the team. Second highest plus minus on the Warriors tonight, Dario Saric, plus seven. The point is, the kid came in, made a huge impact. The Blazers had no answers for him defensively. They just couldn't stop him. Every time he actually had the ball, he delivered. The, the exclamation point on tonight's game was a massive dunk, courtesy of a lob from Draymond Green, who, who himself had a great game tonight. John, uh, Draymond Green, in tonight's game, was one assist shy of a triple-double. Very vintage. Uh, finished the game with 10, with 10 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Would have been like the, a triple-double by the narrowest of margins. But he had a he had a fantastic game tonight. He finally didn't make a three pointer. He he's been on this recent tear where he's hitting threes early in games, and then he kind of either backs off or just uh, you know misses one later and then stops shooting. But tonight he was zero for two. Both his threes were flat. But going back to Kaminga, let's hear from him. He spoke with the NBC Sports Bay Area broadcast crew, uh, more specifically Bob Fitzgerald and Kalena Azabuki. And uh, had this to say about um, basically coming in, being patient, being ready. This is something we've been attributing Moses Moody to on most occasions in terms of the stay ready thing. Tonight, it was Jonathan Kaminga. Here's what Kaminga had to say about that. I mean, uh, just going throughout this game, I find out that I was in playing right when I got on the bench. And I mean, you know, as a player, uh, you always got to stay ready. And I feel like I was patient. I was being ready. Because uh, I knew at some point, because the way the game was going, I knew at some point I was going to get my name called. So I was, I, was just, I was just staying ready, and things happened after that. And he was ready. He, I mean, he came out like gangbusters. Like the moment he came into the game, one of the first possessions was him just attacking the paint, getting a bucket. Again, he did, he did not miss a single shot, missed one free throw, finished the game with 13 points. Um, and, and again, this first of all, when you're playing the Portland Trailblazers, a team dead last in their division, a team that's in a total rebuild mode. They're 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 incredibly young. Um, you sh- you should not be trailing by seven at the half. You should not be trailing by eleven in the third quarter if your aspirations are to win a world championship. That's not the goal. Okay, you should be blowing out teams like the Portland Trailblazers tonight. And now, fortunately, Kerr realized that because I think if Kerr didn't realize that, we wouldn't have seen. Kaminga played the entirety of the rest of the third and all of the fourth. But I think when you look at the minute distribution tonight, 
you also see him kind of realizing that certain other players weren't carrying their weight. And first and foremost in that, and again, I don't look, I don't take any pleasure criticizing Clay Thompson. Okay. It's not like I, I'm, it's not like I'm standing on top of a mountain screaming Clay sucks. Quite the opposite. Dude is one of my all time favorite basketball players. All right. For me, I just don't have the sentimentality of holding on to past accomplishments. All right. This is about like being in the now, in this moment, in the present. What are you doing? If you want to say, what have you done for me lately? So be it. That is the mentality when it comes to competitive sports, especially pro sports. The goal is to win. It is black and white. It is really, it's that simple. Your goal is to have more points than the other team. Your goal is to have more wins than the other team. Your goal is to be the last man standing in the postseason. The goal is not to hold on to things from two, three years ago and make sacrifices now for the past. That is not how professional sports works. That might be how families work. That might be how certain organizational structures work. That is not how it works in professional sports. Not if you're trying to win, which is the goal. And Clay Thompson, I'm sorry, he's struggling this year. He is not having a good year. His shooting percentages are the worst of his career, both from the field and from three. And tonight was yet another example of Clay just showing he's not the same guy. You know, his numbers, again, he's leading the team in minutes, right? Which is a little startling if you think about that, because he's the second leading scorer, but he's not efficient. Right. Like, so he's, he's leading the team in minutes this season and his minutes are, I believe he's averaging. Oh no, I'm sorry. He's second on the team in minutes behind Steph, but he's second on the team in minutes at 29.8. Thankfully tonight, Kerr limited those minutes. It went down to 27. And there's a reason why his minutes went down tonight. He was three for 13 from the field. He was one for eight from beyond the arc. He fortunately had two trips to the free throw line, had four attempts, made all four, did have five rebounds, which is good. But again, Clay Thompson is supposed to be the second best player on this team, certainly supposed to be the second most lethal scorer on this team. And 11 points, not cutting it. His average for the year, 15.7 points per game, not cutting it. He's shooting 36.1% from three on the year, not cutting it. 40.6 from the field, not cutting it. And the same could also be said about Andrew Wiggins. The difference between Clay and Wiggins is with Clay, it's like you have, an, you have a pretty damn good excuse. He's had two of the most gnarly leg injuries ever. A torn Achilles, a torn ACL. What is Andrew Wiggins' excuse for not only coming into camp out of shape, but we are, what, a month and a half into the season now? And... His, his output tonight was pretty weak, too. He finished the game similarly playing 27 minutes, played 22 seconds more than Clay. He was 3 for 12 from the field. He finished with just 9 points tonight, only had 3 rebounds. He was a plus 6 and the plus minus, but those two, I, I, I'm a little, in, a, in a weird way, I'm a little encouraged tonight because we, we, Steve Kerr, thankfully, held him out for most of the third and fourth quarters. I mean... When you're looking at what's wrong with the Warriors right now, and I hate to say it, it starts with those two. If those two are thriving, the Warriors are dominating. Plain and simple. But if, if we're seeing like what's going on this year with them struggling the way they are, 
you have to make adjustments. And when in just a moment, I'm going to read what some of the bench players did tonight to save the day. Besides Jonathan Kaminga, tip of the cap to you, kid. You were phenomenal. But in just a moment, I got to give love to Moses Moody, who similarly to Kaminga has to start playing more minutes. Uh, Brandon Pajemski statistically wasn't great tonight, but you see the hustle out there and you see the timing of his plays. They're clutch. He, the, the kid's a winner. I absolutely love uh, Brandon Pajemski and Dario Saric. Those are the three players. When we come back, I'm going to give some massive love to because they deserve it. First, though, got to give some love to FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And look, I took Monday and Tuesday off <clears throat> and uh, happened to a chance real quick as I get the FanDuel banner, <clears throat> excuse me, to give some love to the San Francisco 49ers, folks. Yeah. Look, we are a Warriors program here, but make no mistake about it. There is nothing but love for the 49ers. And when I read making a FanDuel read, the official sports book, again, of the Locked On Podcast Network and the official partner of the NFL, the Niners are favored in this game, and people were tripping out about that, myself included. And damn, did they cover. So if you bet on the Niners with FanDuel, bravo. You earned that win. You deserve it. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And all you got to do is win a $5 money line bet. Just find whoever the Panthers are playing. I think the Patriots play tomorrow night, right? Bet against them with the money line. Five bucks and you get $150 in your account. Good as cash. It's that simple. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. How do we kick off? And just resume the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And you can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Threads, at dog wild it's super simple uh let's see if there's any sound that has come in ah here is steve kerr oh boy this is gonna be interesting steve kerr talking about jonathan kaminga you didn't play the man at all in the first half let's see if he actually takes some credit here i'm curious to see what steve kerr has to say he was great he was uh, the key to the game uh he stayed ready he was out of the rotation just because uh, it's hard to play 10 guys and uh you know frankly um for the record it's not that hard to play 10 guys okay i that is a very tired excuse for the way steve kerr distributes his minutes it is not hard okay you know what's hard supporting a family you know what's hard paying your bills you know <laughs> like that is not hard okay like you know what's hard living in a war zone you know what's hard? Having serious health issues in life. Finding minutes for 10 players? No, not that hard. That's an 
that's an absolute joke and an excuse. Uh, so sorry, Steve. I don't buy that. Let's hear what else he has to say. You know, Brandon and and uh, Moses have earned uh, the minutes they're getting, and um, we obviously needed him. You know, this big. Wait, wait. So is the insinuation there that Jonathan Kaminga has not earned his minutes? Is that what he just said right there? Moses Moody and Brandon Pajemski, a rookie, have earned their minutes, but Kaminga, for some reason, has not. This is, dude, this is he's crazy. Let's let's hear what he all see us say. The game um, called for JK um, just with Portland's youth and athleticism. We needed to be able to uh, to match that and be able to score against their switches and. And make let's make one thing clear. He just said right there that they, they needed Kaminga because of Portland's athleticism. So are you sitting here telling me you didn't know before the game they were a young, long athletic team? Are you sitting here telling me for the entire first half and most of the third quarter it hadn't registered to you? This is a long athletic team. I'm just, I don't buy what he says anymore, man. I'm sorry. Let's hear the rest. And, um, so I was so happy for JK um, that he stayed ready and, um, you know, came in and produced the way he did. How much does this shift your thoughts on on him being in or out of the rotation moving forward? Uh, I think the, uh, every night's going to be different. Um, and this is where Kerr, this is where I, I, I don't support Kerr anymore. I don't. This is like certain players you cannot treat on a night by night basis. And I'm going to reveal to you what my source has told me that I'm getting really livid listening to this because he is so full of, you know, what saying all this. I have a direct source for Jonathan Kaminga who told me some, some uh, fast to me, fascinating information. I'm going to reveal that in just a second. This attribution is driving me insane right now. I don't like hearing any of this, but let's hear the rest. With this team, that's what I'm finding out. Um, you know, what we, what we need each night seems to be different depending on the matchup, depending on how the game's going. Nope. And um, so it's um, it's hard to predict what's going to happen each night. It's also hard to play 10 or 11 guys. So, um, nope, I, I don't think we know. You know, I, I think I said it to you guys last week. I mean, we have a, a, a deep team, uh, deep roster, but we don't have roster clarity in terms of, um, you know, who's who's going to play every single night. And so everybody's just got to stay ready. And I'm really proud of JK that, that he did that. And he was really the. The, the reason we won. He was right about that. They, it, Jonathan Kaminga was the reason they won tonight. If Jonathan Kaminga is getting consistent minutes, the Warriors are not a game below 500 right now. I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't know if they're at the top of the West, but the team that we saw start the season six and two, where Kaminga was getting consistent minutes, you would have gotten more of that. And in just a moment, this is going to be a good tease because I'm going to, this is going to lead into two important pieces of information that I'm going to reveal to you. I'm not saying this to get aggregated. I, in fact, I'm actually not stoked to reveal this because the last thing I want on a night where Jonathan Kaminga thrived and looked great is to bring attention to him in a negative manner. But, you know, I, I, I have information and it's going to pertain to him and it's going to and there's two important nuggets here. In just a moment, I'm going to reveal what those are, and uh, it's it's just very disappointing. It's very disappointing that in all likelihood, when this season is over and the Warriors underperform and underachieve like they're going to continue doing as long as Steve Kerr is running this ship, and in all likelihood after this season, Steve Kerr is on an expiring deal. He's probably going to say bye. Clay Thompson is going to continue playing the way he's playing. He's going to probably say bye. There's already reports out there that 
he has no qualms about signing with another team. And we're probably going to lose Jonathan Kaminga in the process only to see him thrive with another team because Steve Kerr cannot manage what he calls hard. And that's finding minutes for 10 players. Not that hard. It is not hard at all. This is just completely, complete lunacy. Anyways, I got to give some love first though. I don't like leading into a sponsor like that. I apologize. Look, the Warriors did win tonight, which is huge. But in just a moment, I'm going to reveal to you what a source close to Jonathan Kaminga told me two days ago and what a source tonight with the Warriors told me about Jonathan Kaminga. It is, it's huge. It's huge. And um, first though, I want to give some love to game time. It's all about finding tickets, folks. That's what game time does for you. If you want to go to a Warriors game and watch Steve Kerr nonsensically play Warriors players, <laughs> uh, if you want to see the way, hey, look, at least they want, right? And they're still in contention. That's the good news. But let's say you want to go to a concert. Chase Center has been amazing in terms of hosting events there, whether it's stand-up comedians, incredible artists, whatever it is you're looking for, Game Time is the app for you because you shouldn't have to worry about when you're going to buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time's the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events that are near you. And one of the best parts about Game Time, besides the fact that they give you an easy to find, I'm sorry, an easy way to view the seats on their app, despite the fact that at a super last minute moment you can get tickets, they also offer a low price guarantee, folks. Guaranteed. That means if you buy your tickets from Game Time and then you happen to see the same tickets in the same row and section somewhere else, they'll match the price. That's literally a low price guarantee. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your purchase. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase you are locked on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thank you for making locked on warriors your first listen every day for the everydayers greg silver is going to join me tomorrow to talk some more warriors because there's a lot to break down with this club you can follow me on threads at dog wild so following the clippers game um, and I, I, I have a source who is very close to Jonathan Kaminga and we were messaging after the game because I'm befuddled by the minute distribution. You just heard Steve Kerr right there, give a completely non-committal answer when he was asked about Kaminga's minutes depends on the game. He made no promises in the same way that he actually made a commitment to Brandon Pajemski, right? He, he had no problems giving, making a commitment to Pajemski a few weeks ago saying he's in the rotation, but not Kaminga. Why? I have no idea whatsoever. And real quick, before I, uh, uh, I'll get to it now, and then I'll, I'll read the stats. John, so Jonathan Kaminga, the, the source that I was communicating with, told me that Kaminga was mad. Mad. Okay, we all remember what happened in the, in the playoffs last year. How Jonathan Kaminga's agent literally came out and said, if you're not going to play my guy, trade him okay and steve kerr came out and said that's look he, he he accepted it he appreciated the the fact that kaminga had some fight in him that he wanted to play 
Kaminga's not cool with any of this. All right. I am reporting this as a fact. Kaminga is aware of the fact that his minutes are down this year from last year. He's like when he's not getting played for three and a half quarters, three and three quarters of a quarter. He is aware of this and he's not happy. And on top of that, there is now I'm hearing from within the building that he's probably going to get traded, that Jonathan Kaminga will likely be. It's not a fact. You got to get a, a right trade partner out there. And I love this news. I, I If you're going to misuse Jonathan Kaminga like this, great. At least do something so you get your, you know, you're, you're getting something for him. Because the bottom line is this. If Kaminga's gone and you get nothing for him, that is two top seven picks that you just blew. That either you made horrible selections or you did a horrible job when it came to developing these players. James Wiseman, the number two pick, gone. Gone for nothing. They traded him for a player they could have kept. And now Jonathan Kaminga, the number seven pick in one of the deepest drafts in NBA history, is likely going to be traded. I don't know who they're going to trade him for, but they're trading him because Kerr doesn't like him, because Kerr doesn't see him as a player who deserves consistent minutes. And I cannot wait for the day when Kaminga proves him wrong when he goes to another team. So I don't know how you folks feel about that, but... It's it is insane that Jonathan Kaminga is getting this level of treatment and hearing that attribution from Kerr that just that riles me up. The, the rest of the of the team, again, I, I mentioned Clay's stats; they were awful. I mentioned Wiggins' stats; they were bad. Moses Moody was awesome. He played twenty six minutes. He was five for ten from the field, folks. That's fifty percent shooting. Okay, he was aggressive inside. He grabbed four tough rebounds. Had a steal, had a block, finished the game with 12 points. Again, in 26 minutes, that's solid. Dario Saric, who has been a gamer, who has been one of the best offseason acquisitions for this team. Four for seven from the field. Two for three from beyond the arc. 13 points, six rebounds. Did have four turnovers. So did Draymond Green. Draymond also had four turnovers. Steph also had four turnovers. That's where the bull, and Clay Thompson had, I'm sorry, Chris Paul by the way, you could tell was really rusty and tired from, from the coming back from injury. Uh, that's where all your turnovers were tonight. 17 total for the Warriors. But Dario Saric was fantastic. And then Brandon Pajemski played 21 minutes. Was But again, statistically, you didn't see it tonight, except for the rebounds. In those, 20, 20, uh, in those 21 minutes, he did grab five rebounds. He had one three-point attempt that went in. I don't think it hit rim. I think it was just all net. But again, if you're looking at stats, Brandon Pajemski finished the game. That one three was the only points he had. He had three field goal attempts total. He had zero. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he had one, one assist in 21 minutes. That's kind of weird. But nonetheless, if you're if you love the Warriors, you have to be excited about Pajemski. You have to be excited about Moody. Dario Sharch was an awesome free agent pickup. If you love Kaminga, it was awesome to see that tonight. But his future of the team, to me, from what I'm hearing, very murky. Thankfully, Corey Joseph did not play tonight. I mean, that, that was a relief. But of course, you can never feel great about that because very next game, which is going to be Friday at Oklahoma City, yeah, you're probably going to see Corey Joseph play again because Steve Kerr doesn't seem to ever learn his lesson. Um, and, and, and the Trace Jackson Davis thing is befuddling to me as well. He was sent down to Santa Cruz, 
had another fantastic game there. He's averaging nearly 20 points a game down there. I think he's averaging nearly eight rebounds a game in Santa Cruz. And then he comes back up here and just gets DNPs. And I just don't get it. The bottom line is this for the Golden State Warriors, in my humble opinion. If they want to be championship contenders, they're not going to be contenders with Clay getting this many minutes, regardless of how he's performing. They're not going to be contenders if Wiggins gets this many minutes when he's not performing. Okay, they're going to be contenders if Steve Kerr decides to start supporting Stephen Curry with young athletic players that he has on his roster. Stephen Curry, by the way, kudos to him. Uh, there was a mo- moment that uh, Zena Keita uh, spotlighted. Uh, she recorded it where Steph uh, took Kaminga aside uh, right before the game ended. And and they had a moment there where you could tell Steph was acknowledging Kaminga's performance tonight, thanking him. Um, that was awesome. But Steph needs help. Steph needs help. And he's no longer getting the help he needs from two players that used to be the best wings on this team and Clay and Wiggins. Cause Clay just looks like he's done. I mean, he might have a role in this league for another four or five years. Cause if he's, you know, if he takes a, a if he becomes a role player, you know, mid-level exception type player. I mean, I don't know if any teams is going to give him a big deal. I mean, the Warriors aren't going to give him a, a max deal, which is what he's looking for, at least close to that. At this point, I think he might be lucky to get 15 million a year. I, I um, but you got to play Moody. You got to play Moody consistently. Okay. It was great that we saw him 26 minutes tonight. Got to see more of that. Got to see that every game. Pajemski, 21 minutes tonight. Great. Let's please see that consistently. Let's not see 21 minutes tonight. And then the very next game, we don't see him at all. Right. No, just these nonsensical decisions when it comes to the, to the player minutes. Stephen Curry, by the way, who I think is, is having an underrated season just because I don't hear him, his name being mentioned. Uh, in the MVP conversations at all. And I think it's um, almost entirely because the Warriors are 10 and 11 on the season. But Steph was, after that slow start in the first half, I'm gonna, let me read to you Stephen Curry's second half numbers because because his his game tonight was a tale of two halves. In Stephen Curry's first half, one of eight from the field, one of six from three, which means he was 0 for 2 uh, from inside the three-point line, nine points, one rebound, one assist. Stephen Curry in the second half, seven of 10 from the field, four of seven from beyond the arc, a perfect four from four from the free throw line, 22 points in the second half, four rebounds. He had another awesome game. Steph is, dude, Steph, I, I, I personally cherish every single second that Stephen Curry plays because who knows how much longer he's still at the peak of his powers. And he's just such a damn delight to watch. And again, he finished this game tonight, 31 points, five rebounds, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, five of 13 from beyond the arc. The team as a whole won the points in the paint battle tonight, which has been a struggle big time for him. Um, They're last in the NBA in that category. Tonight, points in the paint, they outscored Portland 46-40. So that's good. The Warriors are last in the NBA in fast break points, which correlates entirely with their small ball philosophy. And the fact that defensively, and that's another uh, defense, by the way, is another part of Kaminga and his game that I haven't even talked about tonight. That was also exemplary. Uh, And the Warriors, though, their, their lack of size is hurting them defensively. And it's, it's, it's letting other teams get easy back baskets on them. 
the fact that the Warriors are last in points in the paint correlates directly with the Warriors also being last in fast break points because other teams are getting inside, they're scoring easy buckets, and it prevents the Warriors from pushing the ball down the court after forcing difficult shots. And the Warriors, again, last in fast break points. That just That is like counterintuitive to their entire identity during this dynasty. A, a fast team that pushes the ball, and they only had seven fast break points tonight. Seven. That's crazy. So they won. Good news. But damn close game against the Portland Trailblazers team that they should have dominated. Um I'm just to see if there's anything in the chat I should get to. Yeah, Jill Espino, you're, you're correct. The Warriors have virtually no control of the paint. And how do you solve that? Play Kaminga more. Due to 6'8", he can jump out of the damn building. Play Trace Jackson Davis. He's athletic. He's big. He proved during the, the preseason and the summer that he's a shot blocker. Yeah, I DJ that DJ, you bring up a great point. If the Warriors are going to make the trade for and they're going to trade Kaminga, Toronto's got to be the team. And you need Pascal Siakam. I'm personally advocating if the Warriors are going to make a trade, and again, we're going, we're it's looking that way because Jonathan Kaminga in year three is clearly not one of Kerr's favorite players. It's there's no question. Like Kerr, it's almost like Kerr was like grinding his teeth before deciding to finally play Jonathan Kaminga. He's going to get traded. And if he's going to get traded, I'm advocating for Toronto just because Pascal Siakam is one of the only players out there who could be available that could turn things around for the Warriors, could solve a lot of their issues defensively and on the inside. But if you're going to make that trade, whether you include Chris Paul, whether you throw someone like Wiggins in there, I also want OG Ananobi back. Because I don't want to lose uh, Jonathan Kaminga and not get anything back for that athleticism and size you're giving up. All right? So whatever the trade is, and Toronto looks like they're the, the, the most likely, likely is not the right word, the most ideal partner, I want OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. Mike Dunleavy Jr., do your thing. Jug N, how about those two and Otto Porter Jr.? And... I agree with the Rebel to Sounds, who writes, Pascal is not better than Kaminga. I agree, but this situation has become untenable. Okay, it's an untenable situation. You have a head coach who's going to, he's going to last the year no matter what. And, you know, they're probably going to move Kaminga. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Folks, thanks for joining me tonight. The Warriors did win. It's a wild season. Thanks, everyone. Take care. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye! <clears throat>